0: Welcome back to Surprise to Be Here. I'm Sarah Coleman. Today I have my good friend and someone I really admire. And um, we met working together at Peter Marino. We did. She was the PR queen and she um, has always worked in public relations. She... Started. Where did you start? I started at French Vogue. French Vogue, oh. a fashion assistant. She worked at Oscar de la Renta, Valentino. She has um, done so many things with so many people. Naughty things. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, but now she's more. Um, we'll talk about this. But there's been a bit of a transition. There has. So we'll discuss sort of, you are also uh, a New Yorker.
1: I am a New Yorker. I've been Brooklyn. here since I was like seven. So you grew up in Brooklyn. Grew up in Brooklyn. Went to NYU. Live in the West Village. So yeah, I got to get out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But you're yeah. a New Yorker too. It's like, where do you go from here? I mean, nowhere. No, like, where you is just I just like to stay here all the time. I love to stay here. And I have so many friends who are always like strategizing ways to escape the city. And you then are always out. No, of, no, no. I mean, to not live general. here. In okay, general. To not yeah, live yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you like start questioning. You're like, wait, should I leave? Am I unhappy? And then I realize, like, I. I really genuinely am so happier because I love New York. It's like in my blood. And no matter where I go, I come back and I just want to kiss the ground. (laughs) And I think that's how you know, like, you're good. Yeah. Like, I've never, it's never even crossed my mind. I mean, it never really occurred to me to live somewhere else unless something or like someone took me somewhere, in which case I might try it. But it's never like, I'm going to go live in, you know, wherever for a month because I hate, like, I love New York freaking yeah. love it I know it's so good like my people romance. romance yeah
0: I feel like butterflies right now almost Ugh. I don't know <laughs> I do anyways um I think we should I like to you know tradition of one prior to this was I started with word association okay which I enjoyed thoroughly I like words yeah me too <laughs> I like association <laughs> me too Okay, madness. Genius. Love. <laughs> Red ribbon.
1: Gift. Ugh, that was lame. Octopus. Oh my god. Um. Teacher. Teacher. Friend. Lover. No. Oh, wait, are we still on octopus? Yeah. Oh, tentacles. I was thinking something else, but the word won't come to me. Like grabby or touchy. Penis. Uh, big D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vitamin D. Cat. Ugh. That's oh. my association word. Sorry, cat lovers. It's a work in progress. Um, so Edith and I, we met...
0: Um, I was 22 years old. Mm-hmm. I was just sort of starting... I had just graduated college and I was extremely young intimidated horrified actually I think I would shake like when I saw you I was she would walk really? yeah you would walk out of the elevator in like a trench coat to the ground and I was just like fuck this. <laughs> with sunglasses like a tote bag with like newspapers under your arm and like I was like, I I was like a business bitch, but like, (laughs) so I mean, and not a cracked smile, like just like not a hello, just like, she's so cool. And then there was, oh, and I remember you had these like fluffy Alexander Wang shoes with a cape on them. Were they? Oh, my God.
1: That yes. But you just like totally dated us for how long ago that was. Well, sorry. I had those they shoes. Were that, um, those I were was the, just like, I one day will have those shoes. Those were the days when like we still used to wear crazy shit like that to work. I mean, I had a boot on my leg. I had a broken foot. You know what? But I loved it. Like you showed up in the morning and it's like, if you're going to show up, show up. Yeah. Also, my first job. for like the those of you who don't know, I'm sure everybody who's listening here knows. But so we work together at Peter Marino and like it's hard to keep up with. The boss man, like you, got to show up. Yes, it wasn't like Slackerville.
0: I know that was.
1: Anyway, continue your story.
0: That was crazy. You were really intense. Thank you, um, in a good way. And after a few years, she sort of like I broke her down. I would you totally did. I would
1: like show up at her office just like
0: you know what it was.
1: It's so interesting to hear like someone's take on you because that's so I was just trying to like get my shit done because it's not like a slacker kind of office. Um, But I I totally hear what you're saying. I think that like especially back then, um, I mean, I'm still like fairly guarded, but I think back then you came in and I I distinctly remember this about you, which is why I love that you and I are like how we are now because, you know, you were considerably younger than I was and I just remember like for, my first impressions are usually correct but yours I was wrong about you and I will admit that you were you were 22 and you like waltzed in and I was like this bitch like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like what the f-? like she owns the place or something and it wasn't because you were totally humble and you worked hard and like I watched you and I saw you work yeah everyone thought that but there was different. something about you that I was just like this girl I cannot um and, yeah, but then you did. You totally, like, wore me down. And then I got to know you. And now you're, like, one of my favorite people who I also very much admire and respect. Um,
0: yeah, well, thanks. I mean, I can't – I'm not sure. You know, it's weird you can't see yourself. No. I mean, I've definitely grown a lot. you
1: changed – oh, my God, everyone has. But you yeah. are, like, a different person. Yeah, well. I mean, you're also not 22, so. Yeah. Time.
0: I mean – Time she is. I know. It's been – a maker. Quite a while. Um, so you went and what was your job? How did you, what was your job with Peter?
1: So I was the head of communications for, um, Peter and the firm. So my job was basically to make and keep him famous. I'm kidding. He was way famous before I ever arrived. But, um, No, I think that um, I came from like many years in fashion before Peter, and I think I knew about him just because he was so fashion adjacent. You know, I knew of his work for Chanel and Dior and Vuitton and all those brands. Um, So I was like familiar with that part of the world. And then just personally, I always had this kind of ancillary interest in architecture and design and All of that stuff. And so when this job came along, I thought it's either gonna be the perfect marriage of all these things I love or a complete disaster. (laughs) Because I mean, I, I don't think that I was intimidated by his personality. Like working in fashion, you're very attuned to the cult of personality. So that was not a learning curve, but I just I didn't know how it was gonna go. Also, sidebar, um, which I will totally admit, I don't know why this is just like a weird thing. I love architects. Oh geez, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is going to be an office full of architects." It's so dangerous, and every architect will tell you like they're all miserable, they have a god complex, whatever. But that was not like. Do they have have.
0: relationships? Sort of.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't think you can paint everyone with a broad brush. I've known maybe an architect. You can though. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's the only one that you get. I mean, just over the years now, I've met so many different ones, so I don't know, but um no good but friends it, yeah
0: I mean yeah I am not gonna do that I'm not gonna generalize
1: yeah let's not do that we're we're beyond that yeah <clears throat> but um yeah so that was my job and I think I was there for almost six years which is like my youth a lifetime there mm-hmm. but no I I still say to everyone like I worked for a million amazing fashion brands and you know, afterwards, like, worked in the design world and worked for galleries and stuff. Who but I, did you – oh,
0: yeah. No, I'm,
1: I'm saying – I still say that working at Peter's was the best thing I've ever done professionally. It was, like, finishing school. And it is a total loony bin, and that's not even saying anything bad. That's just know. facts. It was amazing. But it was amazing in terms of an education. Like, your eye gets so attuned to, like – if you're someone who just appreciates that kind of thing, it's, like, the most beautiful things – and you get really spoiled and picky. And then you go home and you go, I don't want to live with this restoration hardware sofa anymore. Like, I want custom drapes. So when you were working at Vogue, were you living in Paris? No, I lived here in New York. And, and who did we had, you work for? And what so, was that like? And okay. how, how old were you? Okay, so it was my first job out of college. I graduated from NYU. And then in the fall... Um, in the fall right after graduation, I got that job at Condé Nast. And oh my God, so many things. I mean, it was like, I have always, I've obviously come out of my shell a lot, but I, you know, I was kind of like a shy wallflower and, um, but I like really wanted to work in fashion. And then I got this job and it was like, i I was so wide eyed all the time. Like I think back and I must've just been like, everything just seemed like so glamorous and amazing and like exciting and it was I think it's very different from now and like it was it was that like heyday of fashion and I hate to talk about it you know like your parents do like it's the 1950s or whatever Hmm. but it was like everybody that you knew about and everybody that I saw in magazines and was like you know, looking at, it's like they were suddenly around me in real life. And I just always felt like this fish out of water. And I always just wanted to do everything perfectly. But I was so like, I was so intimidated by everyone. But it was, it was like so glamorous and so amazing. And so when I actually started, so by the time I left, Kareen Reutfeld, who everybody knows, was the editor. But when I started, um, the editor was Joan Juliet Buck, Who was like this super duper intellectual and she was like so chic and so amazing in this kind of like american in paris way because she was an american but she was just like brilliant and so we worked here in the new york office and um i had a my my boss was like sort of the new york editor and we're still great friends um and we were like a small team but we did everything here so whenever there were photo shoots or whatever you know we'd organize everything here um i did a lot of packing boxes like everybody comments that i'm the best packer because i have never taken like i always carry on i've never packed i've never checked a bag in like i don't know 20 years but that's a skill wow. that i learned there i know it sounds so stupid well, but i need
0: you to teach me you learn skills. life
1: skills because basically every day it was a very glamorous place to be but my job because i was a little assistant was there were parts of it that were very schleppy Um, and every day I was like packing garment bags and packing clothes and boxes to send to Paris. So like my packing is chef's kiss. Wow. Um, that's a skill. It's totally a skill. And then all the editors would come for fashion week. And like my job was to, excuse me, like I had to make sure their trip was flawless and organize all their invitations and, like, make sure everything was fine. And when Joan came to New York and needed her special tea, I had to, like, run around Chinatown to find the fucking tea. (laughs) Like, I was so excited. It was
0: ridiculous. Yeah, I remember, um, actually, that when I was working at the Mercer, I— Wait, can I say fuck? Yeah. Oh, okay. I went to um, Carl Lagerfeld was coming. He would come to stay, and he would stay in— the courtyard suite and he would have one room and his cat, the cat. would have <laughs> chupette would have another room and i would spend hours framing pictures of the cat and collecting he wanted like 150 apples pink lady apples and i was just like
1: but wow. don't you remember? Like Slot. there was a time when, like, you knew that it was crazy, but somehow it was accepted, and you did it. Well, it was my job, right? I, yeah. The first place I ever actually met Joan was also the Mercer, because she used to stay there. Everybody used to stay there, and I was, of course, running around town like finding something for her. And my boss was like, "Just take a cab and go deliver it. Like the messenger is too slow, or whatever." Back when we just would like, yeah, just send messengers for everything. It was so. Wasteful and so just gross, but anyway, so I took the I don't know probably tea or whatever the hell I was looking for for her, and it was winter. I remember it was February Fashion Week, and I was just like, oh my god, I had to make sure like my outfit was perfect and all this stuff. And she throws the door open, and if you know anything about her, it was the it was the late morning, but she was in this like like negligee. But also, it was February, so she had this huge fur hat on, and she throws the door open, and like in the most dramatic fashion, was like, "So fucking cold in this town," and I was just like, "Oh," it's oh <laughs> just like I didn't know what to do with myself or like how to respond to that, and I was like, "Here's your tea." <laughs> so it's funny because
0: I feel like you, um, you sort of existed in this world that was, you know, from, from talking to you in the past, like your upbringing was relatively like sheltered, you know, you were pretty sheltered and your parents were like kind of strict.
1: I mean, I was sheltered in the way that like my parents were super overprotective, like they're you know, they're not American. And I think just like culturally, but also just the people they are. Yeah. But I wasn't sheltered in the way of like not knowing that things existed in the world, you know, like they definitely like education was like one of the most important things. And you know, like you slowly start finding the things that interest you and appeal to you. So I definitely always had this interest in like fashion and design and all this stuff. Um, so I knew of those things, and then obviously, you know, like, you go to school in New York, it's just, like, your your campus is New York City. Yeah. So, like, and you,
0: um, and had you ever sort of, like, you had sort of experienced and explored, like, your interests, but had, had you ever um, explored, like, your
1: inner, sort of, like, how you felt? So, no. So that was... Um, that was something that came very much later in life, right? So you and I have talked about this, like, ad nauseum in the past few years this is something that we really, I feel like connected over. Yeah.
0: I feel like that's like when we connected was like,
1: and in a weird way, it's funny because like you look back and it's, it's like what we were talking about when we met, like I had such a different, or we had such a different perception of each other. Mm -hmm. And then so many years later, not so many, like, you know, years later, obviously because of circumstances in life or whatever, like we did find this very common language and common ground. And like, To be fair, like, I had to sort of check myself because I was someone who, like, for, you know, a really long time, like, lived in this really, like, black and white space of, like, you know, someone who's younger doesn't know. Like, she can't teach me anything. Like, I have nothing to, you know. And then, like, I, at a certain point in life, like, due to circumstances, was, like, really vulnerable and, like, really just, like, looking for anyone around me that could help with this thing. What were
0: the circumstances?
1: Um... So I had like a pretty traumatic life event, like a a boyfriend overdosed and died, and um, you know we certainly don't have to like, or we can't get into that here if you want to, but um, if you're comfortable, I mean, yeah, I mean I'll talk about anything. It's not, and that's not like at all to minimize it, you know. Um, we, it's just been like now it's like five five years or so since it happened, and things are like so wildly different, which is good. Like, I'm in such a great place. I feel great. But um, yeah, it's like, you know, anything... I mean, luckily before that, luckily or not luckily, I don't know, I, I'd never had anything like that happen. Like, I lived a fairly, mm-hmm. I think, relatively rosy life. You know, nobody's life is perfect. But all things considered, like, I did not know hardship and tragedy. Had you ever had your heart broken before? No, because I was never... I mean, this wasn't a heartbreak. This was just like a life break. Right, but I'm saying like in general. like in a relationship? Had you ever like felt like? No, not really. I mean, I had like, you know, things like when you're in your 20s and like, you know, a guy breaks up with you and you really want to. Right. Like like that, but it's not heartbreak. And then it's all relative because you realize like as upsetting as that was, like fucking stupid. So you had found a
0: person that you were, you know, loved and you had a life together and like. Oh, it was beyond. Your whole life. Like, was like crash ha- down
1: crash down
0: like you had nothing pretty like, much you felt like you had like
1: i mean i i felt like it it's like you know in the time you can describe the feelings but it's almost like indescribable and there aren't sufficient words to right. describe it unless you've gone through something similar and i hope to god that like people don't have to go through yeah. it but it it is it's like the unthinkable happens you just the best way i can describe it like in a general way is like, and this isn't even enough. Like I, you feel like a grenade explodes inside of your body. Like everything explodes. You're like guts and your insides are all over the wall, all over everything. And it happens every fucking day. And at the beginning, it happens multiple times a day. And you look at yourself and you're just like human beings are amazing and resilient and insane and I don't understand what stardust makes us up because the fact that you don't disintegrate and just like die from this pain is like insanity it's right yeah I mean I like the yes
0: I have like I have felt that way no I don't think that like I have never had a boyfriend die in the, or, you know, overdose even, or have, I've never had that experience. But I remember seeing you and it was like, it was really. It was not me. It was, I was, I knew that you would be okay one day and I felt so helpless and like all I wanted to do was like I don't even know there was nothing I could do you know but it was like you from what I the the feeling that I have now about like I mean not that you know I have a feeling about your situation but like What I saw from um, you going through this sort of experience that in your eyes it had destroyed your life and it was the worst – I mean it was the worst thing to happen and um, you thought that it was your fault was the thing that made me – Well, not that I – You were like – felt. I mean at a time I felt like you – felt responsible or you should have done something different
1: well it's so yes so like just to backtrack a little I think and this is like I this is when you were like so you actually and I'm not saying this like I hope I don't know how to say this without sounding in any way like this or like condescending or whatever whatever like I like you taught me so many things and again like that I think like a lot of what you and I talk about is like, obviously, there's been like a whole process of like self-discovery and like therapy. And like, I've worked with a million people and healers and therapists and like, you know, gave them the contents of my 401k, which by the way, was like worth every penny because I came out of it like a completely changed person. And before that I had never been to therapy Mm -hmm. once in my life. And like, I think everybody should go. I totally advocate for it. But I think that a lot of what now that I'm on the other side, like a lot of the one of the most important things to have happened is that like any kind of tragedy or life event humbles you, right? Like it knocks you on your fucking ass. And like all the shit that you thought was like your principles and your tenets and the mm-hmm. way you live and all that stuff, like you can't hold on to that stuff anymore in principle. So for me, like I... I became completely vulnerable. And I, even as it was happening, it was so scary for me because I was acting in ways that I had never acted before. But I felt like if anybody had anything to offer, I was just, I just wanted to like absorb and like suck all of that in. And so you were someone who like, obviously meeting when you were 22, like the way that we met, I was just like, like, I, what does this girl have to like teach me? She's a baby. And then when you and I sort of got, like, friendlier and you obviously, like, were, like, you know, relaying a lot of your own experiences which were related to this and I knew nothing about this world, like, you – there were so many things that, like, I listened to and I was like, you know what? Like, first of all, she I mean, this is her experience so she knows what she's talking about. But it's like everybody has something to teach you and you can't, like, be in this, like, ivory tower and be like, well, I'm not going to listen because this person is, like, this, this, or this. And – like we started having like real conversations about life shit and like as someone who is not vulnerable most of the time, like I remember like like unloading on you and telling you a lot of things that I never would have told not only you but like anyone because I realized that like you had things to say and you were speaking from personal experience and I was like I want to hear what this person has to say because it might like enlighten me or it might teach me something and you did. And, like, I mean, since then, you know, obviously, like, I feel like we developed a relationship that started from, like, something bad happening. But I'm, like, so, like, grateful for it because, like, I don't know. I feel like over the past few years especially, like, you've had so much change and you've been going through so many things. And in a way, I feel like we've been on this, like, very parallel path but, like, on our own paths, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've, you know, I think – When you were going through that, I was also, like, in a similar situation. I think I was two years sober. I had gotten, and I was still really, like, um... Shaky. I was a little shaky on, like, not being really regimented in, like, uh... You know, I didn't feel safe yet in my surroundings. So I was, like, constantly learning. And, like, I I mean, still, obviously. But, like, I was, like, really trying to... I had just sort of started learning about living. I think, like, as a human being that wasn't um, numb or in a lot of pain... just like completely detached and so I think I had for me those first two years were like so eye-opening and it was just like lights going off and I saw and I just had gained so much from listening to other people that when I saw you I was like she needs information yeah like she needs to know that there's you know she's not alone and that people are There's so many people who have gone through a situation like that that are on the other side of it that have, like, you know, something to offer. And I feel like, you know, in the past, um, prior to that, like, a lot of relationships that I had when, you know, problems or issues, like, were discussed or communicated about, there was a... You know, for me, a lot of the time, there wasn't, like, solution or relief. It was just unloading and, like, venting and then, you know, misery and misery, just, yeah. like, ha- dancing together. And, you know, for the first time, I had experienced, like, connection with people that when I, like, shared what was going on with me, they would share their experience and sort of— um, it felt like it was like I was actually growing, and I just wanted you to find that. And I didn't know how to like, you know. I no. mean, everyone has their own sort of path. I and I was just, you know, as we like saw each other more, you know, after that, like it felt like a layer would come off and a layer, and then I Always. kept, you know, we both sort of, but
1: and yeah, for, I think it and was for very me parallel too. Like I. I genuinely like so appreciated what you were putting forward and I think for me like you know it's like I'm I'm someone who's like you know I'm not easy like you get me or you don't get me and I think that like I was so appreciative of like how open you were being that I like I wanted you to know how much I appreciated it because I I wasn't necessarily like verbalizing it and I was like oh she's so helpful like she's so like I I hope she knows this um, but yeah, it's like what you were saying, like I, it was like twofold. So I think like I needed information because um, like I am someone who has never done a recreational drug in my life. Like I don't care about it. It doesn't appeal to me. I don't give a shit. I barely drink. So like. I mean, in the you can't make this shit up department, irony of ironies, like that's the girl that ends up with the addict boyfriend. Like if you put powdered sugar and cocaine in front of me, I 100 percent could not tell the difference. Like that's how to talk about. I don't know if I. I mean like I just don't like I don't care about it. It is not my world. So like when that happened, imagine it's like compounded on top of a tragedy that happened. It's like this thing that you, it's not your language, you completely don't understand. So there were all these unanswered questions on top of the sudden death, which is like, wait, 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 what? Like, what? And it's just like, you know, when I, I mean, before he died, obviously, like, I, I was aware of some of it, but not to the extent. And even that, I just realized that, like, in those years, I think that I was operating on some kind of like, adrenaline or like like I was always in triage like I was just trying to save the current situation I could never get ahead of it and you know it's that thing like hindsight is like fucking 2020 like I wish I knew all the things I knew now because I would have handled it differently you know but I I was just trying to like stay afloat and like You know, not tell anyone because it's so secretive. But then I was just like, I don't know how to do this. It's like me trying to treat someone with cancer at home. Mm. So the whole thing was just like a horrid mess. And I think like in the cosmos, obviously, like now I like it, it was never gonna end well. But you know, you always think about how you could have done it differently. But yeah, like what you said, I so I never thought it was my fault. Obviously, it wasn't my fault. I think that like. Even now, that's something that I might never like come to a complete, you know, acceptance of. But it's like all the things you could have done differently had you known. But it's like that with everything in life. It's like, had I known, yes, but you didn't know and you can't blame yourself because when we're moving through anything, you're making decisions in your life and you're taking actions in your life based on information that you have in that given moment. So it's like, You know, it's like trying to yell at a child for something like you can't blame them because they don't know. Yeah. But I think also I just want to say one thing about you moving through it is like I felt that that you were like pretty shaky in that time. And the idea of like trying to help someone else, I felt like I hope she doesn't feel pressured or anything. But I also think that like, you know, now that I've like been around this a little bit more, I think when you're going through it, you know, trying to talk someone else through it or trying to help someone else through it sort of like works in tandem with your own healing right yeah, I like I needed it yeah and like I, <laughs> I needed know, to help you
0: i was like let me help you please yeah. i'm suffering and like
1: i didn't know anything about this yeah. world and like all the stuff that i've learned about like addiction or like or, or like, like people in recovery it's like it is part of the whole like ethos of these programs like aa or any anything else that people do like In helping others is how you help yourself. And it's not just about this like blanket, you know, like be of service or whatever. Like, yes, that's important. I think that's a way to move forward in recovery and all this stuff. But like, you know, like anything else, like you, you see yourself and your life journey, whatever. I hate that word, you know, reflected in other people. And sometimes you'll be saying something to someone and it sort of like sparks something in yourself and you're like, oh, I can apply that to myself or like, I'm telling Mm -hmm. this person to do it. I shouldn't be a hypocrite and like, I should live that way too. Yeah, I mean, I think that also the only way that I learned,
0: I remember um, when I was still, when I had moved back home, um, things were like really, Not looking very good. Like I was not looking good. I did not feel good. Like physically, um, my career, smoking babe. My career was not, you know, on course. As I, I did not think, you know, things were going to end up that way at twenty seven. And um, I remember feeling. The best that I had ever felt, though, like I remember I had this moment when I was like walking to the subway to go to work one day, like it was like I had had a new job at uh, when I was working at the Mercer and I was Mm -hmm. felt like a joy that I had never felt. And the only thing that was different was that I was like actively helping other people and like Mm -hmm. had built some sort of a semblance of self-esteem and there was like proof in that you know like I did not nothing was going the way that I wanted it to and I still felt better than like I had when I had you know felt hotter or you know I was in better shape like I was not looking good. Things were not good and I felt <laughs> not good. Like bitch. <laughs> I mean, I had bleached my hair and it Wait, I don't remember that. Yeah, because no one saw me. I bleached my <laughs> hair and it all fell out.
1: It what? was so crazy.
0: Like all of my hair that actually happens. You That's know how they crazy. say like yes. don't bleach your hair we'll all like I had like a lay- like I had like a long layer here and then like I had the top of my hair was just like for- I missed
1: that whole period of your yeah, life. Yeah. It was
0: blonde for like <clears throat> 12 hours whoa, i whoa, went whoa, to like whoa, whoa. it was okay it was well, really bad but i felt never better i've never felt better which freaked me out and i was just like okay so like this whole self-esteem and you know doing esteemable acts and helping other people really worked so yeah. i kept i went with it but um yeah it actually like
1: and look
0: at you now. Uh, yeah, on the outside, there was nothing. Um, which, like, my entire upbringing was, like, if you look good and everything appears to be oh, then everything good, will be fine. everything is fine. Of and course. that's, like, all that mattered. And it was, like, don't, you know. Don't air the, laun- the dirty yeah, laundry. Yeah, and, like, what dirty laundry? Because there isn't any. Just, like, right. deep. that's deeply packed away in, like, a closet inside of a closet. But
1: it's it's so crazy because I think like yeah, you're like you, screaming on the yeah like inside. you and I have both I mean we've like been through this but we've also talked about this it's like you know it takes it takes so much work to undo and unlearn all those things that were ingrained in us and even now it's like you don't realize that it happens. It's like happening to you and it's happening with or without you. It's like in your, it's on a Mm. cellular level. It's in your cells. It's intergenerational. It's all those things that people talk about and it's true. And then we arrive in adulthood Mm. and something feels weird and like everything feels lopsided and you're like having struggles and you're not sure why and nothing's working and you keep getting like punched in the the face. The the opposite of flow. Yeah. And you're like, what (laughs) is this? And then you realize what it is and it's like, you know, it's the hardest thing to do and it's the hardest work to do, like to break those patterns and like people in your past or even in your family or whatever, like they're not like they don't understand like why you're doing this and why you're like kicking up all the dust. And it's like it's self-preservation because you have to save yourself, but also like it's it's making yourself so much better. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think it's more than it like
0: it's like giving yourself like a real life, you know. Yes. And the it's thing crazy. is, like
1: all those like ways that you were raised and taught that things are supposed to be, it's like, I don't know, to think like people never change those things. And like, you know, the irony is, I think you would agree with this also, even though like we've had different experiences, is, is like, you know. The irony is like a terrible thing or terrible things Mm -hmm. had to happen in order for this great thing to happen, which is like you arriving in a different place of life. And like, that's the truth is like, that's often how it is. Like no one, no one who's like, you know, moving along with this rosy life is going to wake up one day and be like, I want to upend my life. I want to change my life. Yeah. Something has to nudge you into that space. And more often than not, it's something that is not good, let's say, um, And it feels weird. Like that was a very confusing feeling for me for a long time to think like, wow. And it took a long time to get here. And I didn't want to say it until I actually felt it. But like the rest of my life, like the rest of your life is going to be, I don't know, I feel like so much richer and meaningful and better. And I'm not saying it in those like fucking trite ways. Like I really feel that way. It's like, you know, For a really long time, like I would wake up in the morning and I'm just like, all I want is like for the day to be over. And then I know Uh I have to do it again. And now it's like, yes, no days are perfect. And you still have stuff like my life isn't perfect. I don't live in a bubble. But like I wake up and it's just like this like like, hunger for something to happen. And you're looking down like the rest of your life. And rather than seeing like this black hole, you're seeing like every day is like full of possibility and you also become like almost more accountable because you're like, I'm the only person that's responsible for making that happen. And that, I think that just gives you like this, like, yeah. result of like something that you want to like make better. And it's like, everything is open now in a way that it wasn't before. Yeah. And yeah, like a shitty thing had to happen for, for, to come to this realization, but like, that's what it is. And like, you could choose to just live in that like blissful ignorance forever. And sometimes, you know, like we all know people like that. Like you look at these like, you know, Lululemon bitches and like they're walking around and I'm just like, la la. It's like everything's so easy. Like all she wants is like, you know, her like straight hair and her latte and like her, you know, banker boyfriend. No offense to banker boyfriend. I wear Lululemon. And like whatever. But you know, it's like they're, they live in ignorant bliss and I'm just like, wow, everything's like so easy for her. Sometimes I wish I was like that. Yeah. Because they don't have that like angst.
0: I, and or- I'm just like horror horror and everything's just like rosy. like everything's like and then
1: today this fucking the pain the pain I'm just of, like you know what i i don't know i like to have that like i i, mean, I meet the is, pain this is maybe like a very dark tree and like you know to maybe this is like a scorpio thing but it's also like i i live in that space and i think like i don't trust people who have never had hardship. Like, there's I don't suspects. know
0: anyone. <laughs> no. I don't know. I think know like, what to talk to. I'm like, so I don't know what to talk How to was your what's going on? They're like, everything's really good. I'm like, oh, okay, bye. Me too.
1: Like, I think that it it's makes just like, you, I literally
0: don't know. I it's like, you can't connect. You can't connect. I don't know how to like do that. And
1: I think that, I'm that it trying makes to you learn, like though. such a. It just makes you more layered and it makes you, to me, like a more interesting person and somebody that like, I want to know everything about you. And yeah, like there are times that I wish I could just be like easy breezy and like, you know, talk about the weather and whatever. Easy breezy. And like, I can do that. Like you put me in a room. I think that's like a skill that I've gotten from like, you know, 20 years in PR. Like I can have a conversation with like a table, like with (laughs) anyone, anything for almost anyone for a limited amount of time. It's fine. But the stuff that really gets me going yeah. is like I want to like I want to know what's in your inside.
0: Yeah, same. You know? I know it's not great when I'm like people come into the store and I'm like so are we going to do this? <laughs> like is this person going to do this with me? And sometimes they don't. And they're and like, have to accept that. who's this insane woman trying to like deeply connect with me over here? You're like, I'm just trying to buy a purse. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I understand that. I think that, um, yeah. What I learned the other day is that not everyone is for everyone. Honey, I step was into like my office, literally like, not. Everyone. But it was like. Gr- Oh my god. It hit, like I've heard that before and then it 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 like it got under my skin and I was like oh so that feeling that like people don't like me like you're not for everyone doesn't really fucking matter. Like I like it like shed off me cuz like lately I've I feel like, you know, in business and in my life. personal life, mm-hmm. it's like I have had situations where I'm not willing to, like, um, abandon myself anymore. So I sort of am forced to, like, do the uncomfortable thing because, like, I won't l- let myself yeah. go there. But I'm also still very uncomfortable in, like, doing what I need to do and what I actually really want to do. So inside it, like, still... It doesn't feel, like, totally natural, and I still think about it, and I'm, like, I wonder if I'm, like, a total bitch, or, like, I wonder if this, like, person is, like— the same. And I just don't know if I'm, like, if that's just going to be something that I, like, keep at arm's length my entire life, where I'm, like, you may think that, but, like, you know— Exactly the same. You're not going off and, like— breaking people's kneecaps so no i think or I mean, like you know this is a
1: topic i've been assaulting exploring. people you have oh my god yeah like, same incessantly and intimately in a way that i didn't think i would be past a certain age same because and like let's let's talk about it so i like does everyone just hate me <laughs> like i right. sometimes think that i'm like it's the whole world i mean so much to say on this like not not only not does everyone just hate me but like I don't know. It's so interesting. Like I, I think like a lot of what brings us to some like progress and like, you know, relationship with ourselves is like self-discovery and self-knowledge, right? And like, it's, everyone says it and it's only words until it actually feels like, until you feel it, until it's like, you've absorbed it and it becomes a real thing for you. Right. And it's, it's true. Like I can say as someone who like didn't really do a lot of inner work, like I was very introverted and thought a lot about this stuff. Even as a child, I was always like the quiet one that like sat in the corner quietly and like ruminated. And my brother was like the, he was like the clown. Everybody loved him. He was so extroverted. And like, that made me feel so like, you know, like I'm dark or something. And and I'm angry. Who's the angry girl in the oh corner? My God. Don't even talk to me about anger. Like, I can't. That's a whole yeah, the, other topic. Especially when like people, I mean. When people say that Yeah, you they're like, us. you should,
0: like, hey, beautiful, you should smile. I'm like. Oh my God, I'm going to kick I'm you in not? the fucking teeth. Like, what am I, what does my face look like? But
1: it's also like, I don't know if, like. My not my parents, like even my mother did that too. There was like a thing about like, you know, be happy. And she was always like, what do you have not to be happy about? Like, you're young, you're beautiful, you're smart, you have everything, whatever. But the whole anger thing is a whole, it makes me angrier when people, like, do people say to you like, like if people accuse you of like being angry or something, and I don't know why, but that's like a particularly sore thing for me because- I think that like any time that you feel misunderstood by someone, yeah. I think that's what really like gets your goat. especially for people who are maybe like a little bit more like introverted or like inward looking, because I think it's a lifetime of like, A, playing to people's expectations of like what they think you should be. Um, and in so doing, you end up betraying yourself, which is like what yeah. we talk about. But you're doing it because of some like wounding, like you want people to like look at you and like you and whatever, even though like you've done nothing wrong. But then the actual reality of it is like, like you're not angry, like you're actually someone who's like so full of love and like the anger, I mean, you know, it can come from somewhere or it can be misdirected or whatever. People look at you and like identify something in you that they see as anger, but it really isn't. But it just like, or maybe it is. Or maybe it is. And by the way, Which is okay. like, the person who I, like, bow down to most in this world who changed and saved my life and, like, you know who that is. Like, you know, he, like, once told me, and this really, like, validated everything for me, is, like, You know, people think anger is like this terrible thing, like you're an angry person, especially if it's like angry woman or whatever, which is like kiss of death. And it's not like it's a completely normal, healthy emotion like everything else, like sadness, like hurt, like pain, like anger, because sometimes, especially for someone who's lived like in a shadow for a really long time you need to be in touch with and release the anger to get in touch with the things that pain you. And it doesn't make you an angry person. It makes you someone who is feeling angry at any given moment about a certain thing. And you need to like identify and be in touch with that and in conversation with that to get over the thing. And once you do, you're not angry. You're just someone who has identified something and it let you work something out. And so it always felt to me like people who like, latch onto that and think you're like angry. I'm just like, wow, it's, it's so short sighted. And that, that to me, like identifies something in you that's not worked out because like, if you're reducing someone to this one tiny minuscule aspect of their personality and completely disregarding the rest of their person, it's like you're, you have work to do. Like You can't be so myopic. Like you have to see people for like the larger person they are. But I have to play devil's advocate. Tell me. What about the woman with the Lululemons? What do you mean? But that's such a that I I judged her. Yeah. Okay, so I I will cop to that and I apologize to but you don't have to. I just feel like you No, you're right. You know. So listen, and maybe she's really, maybe she's a great person or really sad. 100%. 100%. You know? That could be. And this is something I'm happy you said this because one thing that I've been working on is accountability and like I'm not I've never been someone who's like judgy in like a mean girl's way, but yeah, we all have judgments. Yeah, it pops we, out. We look at people, we make assumptions, and yeah. like it's true because if you you have to extend to someone else the same kind of like leash and Mm -hmm. the same kind of you know allowances that you would want someone to make for you so you're totally right and but I think there is like this thing where
0: it's um I love like relationships that I have that do that you know because I feel like a lot of relationships that I've had in the past are sort of like yeah, you're like really in a bad place, but I'm just gonna like co-sign it because I don't really care to deal with it, and like, or Do, I you don't feel like
1: friend ones or really or like romantic. Ones?
0: Um, I've never had a romantic relationship where someone didn't point out, you know, a flaw. A flaw. <laughs> I mean, kindly, more you know,
1: in the past, but if, like in a sympathetic way, or like in an accusatory way. More recently.
0: Way. More recently, kindly, okay. but maybe in the past, right. what not? you know, it's gotten kinder. My boyfriend now is not, he's wonderful. So he's so that's, like. That's great. It's you, very you good. Made it, you, it's you're helped. choosing yeah, better Yeah, 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 people. My choices are definitely different. Um, before, it didn't really feel like a choice right. or just like a.
1: Because you allowed that to happen to yourself.
0: Totally. I had no person, I had no. You know, I just wanted um,
1: to be loved, loved, which is true. And it's so funny because, like, you know, I I realized like yesterday I was having this conversation with this woman who I am in her care at the moment. And like it's like this this thing of self-esteem is such a mind fuck. And it's like, you know, I was telling her that like I. Who thought that, like, you'd be having the same thoughts and going through the same things mm-hmm. at the age of, like, 30 or 40 as you were when you were, like, 20? And you think you get over those things and you have much better tools. Like, I know you do. I do. And but, like, what if you don't and you are that, you an do, adult? Because I think even having an awareness of it is different from, like, a time when it was, like, vexing you and you didn't know why. Right,
0: but you do work on that. Like, how there's— I mean, so if you don't, you know, it's like sometimes I used to think that like an adult, like you got to a point and then all of a sudden you were like, oh, I'm an adult now. I've popped out never, the egg.
1: But you never get to that point. And no, it's never ending and the like journey. growing and the journey. It's never ending, which is kind of beautiful, because if you think about it, like, you know, it it's so much to look forward to. It's like, look at like look at the arc of like your life the past five years and like I look at mine and like look at where you are and like look at like Sarah I don't know five years ago probably could never have foreseen Sarah of today like all this crazy shit that you've done that you've gotten to do that like mega mega brands are like collaborating with you and you like I remember when I first met you and like, okay, granted, we had a different relationship, so I maybe didn't take you that (laughs)
0: seriously. But when
1: you were like, oh, I want to be an artist. And I'm like, oh, this girl, like everyone wants to be an artist, you know? Um, But like you, and then when you unleashed it, you know, whether somebody gave you permission to do it or whether you gave yourself permission to do it, you like unleashed this stuff onto the world. And A, like, It was good because you were doing it wholeheartedly, but also, like, it was good and someone took notice and rewarded you for it and, like, gave you amazing, like, global projects for it. And, like, you know, not that that should define, like, how good you think you are or whatever, but, like, you know, an entity in this world that is really respected, like, came to you and said, I validate what you're doing and it's amazing, you know, and something changed for you where, like, if you if you had remained, you know, Sarah of, I don't know, 2010 forever, like, you wouldn't have even had the wherewithal to do that stuff. I mean, I don't even <laughs> –
0: no, yeah, it would have been pretty
1: – Which is amazing. Yeah,
0: I mean, I can't even – but that whole thing of, like, being – like, it still is definitely, like, a pro- – uh like i don't the self esteem thing the self esteem thing the um feeling like i can like i love um the title the titles of stuff like make me uncomfortable just because i feel at times maybe like i don't deserve it or something
1: so it's so funny because I wonder if you- Which is you, like, why
0: would I, you know, it's like, oh, hi, I'm Sarah. I'm an artist. Like, it makes me feel so sick inside. I wonder,
1: do you think that that is specifically an artist thing? Because you're not the first person. So like my I ex, think- who is an artist, used to talk about this all the time. And he was like humble to a fault. Like, I, I thought that he like should have been far less humble. But I think there's also a thing with artists. Like when I look at them, like I- Along with a few other professions in the world, I think to be an artist is like the most beautiful, heart-opening, like magical, but also like soul-crushing, devastating existence in this world. Not to get too heavy. Yeah, but I mean, because it's like an extension first of, your of all, inside. everything is completely subjective. You're essentially you're turning yourself inside out, and you're any kind of artist you are, you're you're painting or you're making the world in the way that you see it. You're responding to something that speaks to you, and that's what you put out as a physical object, right? So it's completely subjective, and you're also putting it out in the world for everyone else to look at and to judge, so it's not like, oh, do they like me, Sarah? It's like now I made Sarah in three in, in like a piece of paper or in a sculpture or whatever. Are they going to like it, or is it going to be a piece of shit? And in turn, do they think I'm a piece of shit? Yeah. And and like, also like if it's, I think the other layer to that
0: is like sometimes it, you know, for me, it's the process of creating mm-hmm. that is like the expression. So sometimes. I don't really identify so much like with the pr- the end of it. I like I have, I'm passionate about the making. The making. And so I don't really I and I think I don't I don't know if it if it changes or like if my like the there's not much of an attachment to the thing that comes out. It's like throwing up or something. Right. It's like, like I'm ha- like
1: having a baby or something. Yeah.
0: You know, like it's like this thing. And then at the end I'm so tired and I'm just like, oh you're like wiped and then you put everything. And into I don't it. even really like the more I sit with something, like I'll either like maybe I'll wanna throw it away. Or maybe it will I'll just like yeah. have no it I I won't like identify with it at all or like Some things I just, like, there's, like, this little, like, uh, I don't know where it is, but. I get
1: it. Like There's, like, little some
0: things that I'll, like, save and they, like, a piece of paper with, like, a drawing on it. And, like, for some reason I just, like, keep it for, like, years. I have some weird that no one else sees because, like. It's totally
1: personal. And it is. It's an exhausting process. And by the time you give birth to this thing, it's almost like that's the byproduct, but it's, like, secondary. Yeah. But it's interesting what you say, because – so what I was saying was he was the same way. Like, people used to be like, oh, what do you do? And it was like – like, he couldn't verbalize. He He couldn't say, like, oh, I'm I'm an artist. And I'm like, no, you're an artist.
0: It makes me, it literally, like, it gives me, like, it makes me feel... But
1: you know what the thing is? Like, I think also, and this is not to be, like, I don't know why, but in the past couple of years, suddenly there's this spate of people who, like, everyone thinks they're an artist. And by the way, like, yes, it's subjective, but, like, not everyone's an artist. Yeah, but I'm all, you know, but I think The people who really are can say it. But every fucking, like, every fucking guy out there who thinks he can take pen to paper is like, I'm an artist.
0: But maybe, I don't know. I mean, sometimes they're the, like... You just never know what someone is. You never is. know, it's true. Like, you really never know, and it's none of, like,
1: anyone's... No, it's like, true. And I everyone think, has to live their truth. And like, But I
0: think that some of... I think there is this, especially with social media, and especially with, like, you know, what people say, like, sort of, like, responding to what people want you to be or... responding to people, like, being confused by what you're doing. Yeah. Like, you're always sort of hitting, like, bumpers, and you're like, ooh, like, does this person... And then
1: you have to detour. Yeah, and
0: it's just, like, too much thinking. So when you are... When I am, like, in making or when I'm, you know, working, it's like all of that goes away. And, like, it's shut off, and all of the noise is just gone. that's the
1: best way to do it. And, like, I again like i can like i've observed like artists and people working in that space and i'm i'm saying it as someone who looks at it from the outside like i think that the only way that you can like create something that is of you and that you feel is really like a reflection of you and that you're going to be proud of whatever anyone else thinks is like the second you start doing like, well, let me tweak it this way because he said to do that mm-hmm. and then she said to make this change and then it's like, fuck, like it's, you're, it's already not your thing and it's the hardest thing to do but I think it's like, you know, it, it goes along with like in a broader sense just like understanding how you move in this world because at the end of the day, like what you realize is like everything that you do in this world has to, for yourself, has to please you. And I'm not saying that at the expense of other people. Like, you still need to be a good person. And obviously, like, it's not just like, you know, I love everybody else. have to say that. No, because it, <laughs> but it's like, and I just make that, sure like, everyone else is okay. No, but like. I'm not saying to like- No, I know, I know. I, know. To, I, mean, I mean, I think it's great. it's happily- in this world and to have like, and I hate to use the word happy because I think that's like a dumb word. Like no Fulfilled, maybe. Like happiness is like some weird contract. Nobody's happy. I think to be content and to be fulfilled and to feel like purposeful and glad in this life is like you you can lie to yourself for a little bit, but it always catches up to you. And I think that like you have to be so honest with yourself before you can even be Mm -hmm. like, that thing with other people. And I think that that is one of the hardest things. And it's like a constant, it's constant work. It's daily. And like you were saying, like when you arrive as an adult, whatever, that's one of the things that I think you never quite arrive at. You have to work at it every day, which is like to, which I think you and I have talked about, like the difference between in every facet of life, being Being so um, reactive to Mm -hmm. or being so susceptible to all the outside forces that are acting on you every single day because they are and they're never going to stop versus going into the world with like a very, very like strong concrete core and understanding of you makes you so much less susceptible to all of the forces acting on you. And it changes, at least for me, like I, it literally changed my Mm -hmm. life and changed the way that I move in this world, the way that I move in space, the way that I react to people and situations. And it's not perfect because you're not a robot, you're a human being and you have feelings and you still react to things. But like, you know, to think of like, you know, even just a few years ago, like a little like, would make me like fall down in space and now it's like you do this and it's like you can't fucking touch me you know like and yeah certain situations are gonna like knock you off your balance and like make you upset or whatever but it is so different and i think that applies to everything we do in the world and it's like it, i i feel in a way like I, I almost can't like even imagine it but i feel like so grateful to have gotten like that knowledge and that experience and i think i mean obviously like you know a great many people have like been instrumental in doing that for me in the past few years like probably like one or two in particular but like it just it changes your whole life changes your whole life yeah and you can share it with other people yeah and i think that even like when you were talking about you know like you in past relationships or whatever cuz certainly that's something that we've talked about and you know it's it it applies there too and it applies like even more importantly because you know like we've talked about this too like obviously for a long time i was like very much not in that world like i basically like closed shop and went to the nunnery for 5 years <laughs> yeah. with like you know one or two like people who like mistakenly slipped in in the middle, but like, you know, there wasn't any real thing. And that was by choice. Like, I just, I didn't want it. I didn't want to know from it. And it's so funny. Cause I feel like I had a reprieve of all these years of like dealing with all that nonsense because I just didn't want any part of it. And then, you know, when I came to a place where I was like, okay, I'm ready for this. And like, I actually like want it again. Cause you forget like, you know, yes, the thing that happened happened and it doesn't go away. And that thing that people talk about, like it becomes very real. Like you never forget what happened or it never leaves you, but you learn how to live with it. It's like, it scabs over, you put it in a little box and it's always there, but it's, you're alive and like you have life to live and like you make a choice to like either like stay in this dark space or to like take the lessons that you've learned. Anyway, so the point is like, you know, going back into this space, which like part of it was very novel and very exciting. It's like, ooh, there's like all these people out there and suddenly you're just like, you feel like a teenager. It's like your boy crazy again. And you're just like, oh, you know what? Like I forgot how much I love this and like I forgot how good it feels. And I forgot that like, oh, that like I love like flirting and I love like the whole like seduction. Like I love that whole thing and like (laughs) I don't know. I just, I love it. Like, I do love it. Like, a crush. (laughs) Men can make you crazy sometimes, which I'm sure, like, girls can make guys crazy too. But just, like, everything about them, like, in the good ways is just, like, I fucking love this and I missed it so much, you know? (laughs) But sorry to get, like, so personal. (laughs) But, like… You go into it, and then, like, something happens, and you're just like, oh, my God, is this still happening? Yeah. Like, we are grown-ass adults, and, like, this is a thing that I dealt with when I was 27. How am I still feeling this now? I know. And you're just like, wait, what?
0: No, it can't be. It can't
1: be. Yeah, But I my know. point is, like, you have to call on those teachings, and sorry I'm talking so much about this, but I feel, like, very strongly this about it. For, this is for—this is— Okay. With Edith. So, um, <laughs> I just, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, I'm not going to get like too personal about it, but like, why? Okay, fine. I will get personal because <laughs> I don't, because it, it just, it's a specific example and I know like examples are good, but no, it's like, you know, something happens and you think you have it together and then something happens. You were dating a, a guy that. I, I wouldn't even call it like dating because it didn't, it wasn't – didn't go on for that long. But, like, I think also for me, like, you I've had always – feelings been,
0: erupted. Yeah,
1: like, I've always been this kind of person. Like, I don't need to – like, I know right away. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't need this whole, like, oh, like, we're a day. We're, like, if I like you and you like me, let's go. And also, like, I know right away. You know, like, I was never, like, a girl who had, like, a million boyfriends because I just – that wasn't me. Yeah, I don't – th- I mean, I'm, like, I, zero in. Yeah, zero in. I love you. And, like, I never <laughs> – like, there are only a, f- a handful of people that I ever yeah. thought okay to stop with for any period of time. And I'm just like, it's literally, it's like, you. And I know right away. Like, I know right away. It's like apartments. I'll know it when I see it, you know? <laughs> so, like, I don't have a type, but I'll know it when I see it. Um. Anyway, so, and I, that's the one thing, like, I've never doubted. Like, I always trust myself, and I'm usually right. And sometimes I get surprised, and hopefully it's, like, surprise in a good way. But no, like you know, something happened and, like, you know, somebody – like, it's, like, amazing in every way and, like, you mm-hmm. know, it checks all the boxes and you have this, like, feeling again and all the things that are important and all the things that you feel and, like, you feel aligned and everything's great and you're, like, you know, simpatico and, like, everything's amazing and, like, physically and, like, everything else. And then just, like, this one thing bl- – side, blind side Side blind? What is it? Blind sides you? I don't know, but it fucking sucks. It fucking sucks. Whatever the word is. <laughs> Side swipes. And then blindsides. And it's like this hit recently over the happened, head. which like just in the interest of transparency and just to like make it a juicy podcast, like I will tell you, because we don't need to like, you know, like beat around the bush. It's it's actually insane to see yourself because you think that you're like so far past something and then something triggers you and you have a very similar reaction to one that you have had a long time ago before you were this like yeah. enlightened person and immediately like i caught myself even as it was happening and was like whoa 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 like i i just like saw myself like slipping into this like i'm i'm talking like i'm talking or i'm saying something that is like it feels uncomfortable and i don't know why and then i realize like i'm betraying myself mm-hmm. or i'm trying to like convince someone of something so that they'll have a different opinion like you're of worth me it. and i'm just like n- never ever ever do this and in that moment like as painful as it is to admit this to yourself and you wish this weren't the case is like you know, this is not it because like, I'm not out here trying to like apply to college and be accepted. I'm not out here like being a puppet, like trying to like, you know, dance for my dinner or whatever. If there's any part of me, like no, none of us should be out here trying to convince someone of something because you know, what's in you, you know, like who you are. And if you're trying to convince someone to see you a certain way, first of all, not only is that a losing battle because you can't convince someone of something, but it's the reason you feel that discomfort is because you're betraying yourself. And like, I remember when I was in like, you know, a little bit of more like woo-woo therapy, which by the way, I loved, like, you know, he always used to talk about like, oh, it's your little girl that you have to like retrain and whatever. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then you realize it's true because the little girl is the one that never had these tools and this vocabulary and let the world act upon her. And now that you're older and like you've retrained yourself and like disabused yourself of some things that your parents or your people told you were true, like now you can sort of make amends to the little girl because now you're like this empowered person who has so much more knowledge. And the second you start slipping back into that because it's like so ingrained, you're like, what are you doing? Like, you're betraying us again. And, you know, the other thing I realized is like, you're never going to convince someone else of something. And by the way, like, this is also a change because like, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been like, fuck you. And I wasn't (laughs) like, I so shocked myself. I was like, I have no ill feelings towards this person. Like, in fact, I have a lot of cariño for this person. Mm -hmm. Like, I have a lot of warm feelings for this person. And like for his journey, like he's going through what he's going through and he's going to feel what he feels. And that's valid, even though I disagree with it. He has his feelings and he has his journey. And like to try, this is like a really, was a really big like, like to try to convince someone to come over to your side or your way of thinking is fruitless because, you know, you you can only see in someone else what you also have in yourself. And I really believe that. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? I think like if you're expecting someone to see something in you that they're just not seeing and you're trying to like force it and force it and force it, it's not going to happen because they're just not there yet. Like you're in different places. Like I'm at this place where like, I would give that, like I would give that kind of like openness to someone else be like let me let me try to see you in a in a broader sense maybe that person's just not there yet maybe they have more work to do maybe like they haven't arrived at the place where you have and like the thing that that is like you realize happens is the reason it's so devastating and it was very much like this I think like once in my past relationship or whatever which like my guru taught me my greatest guru is like the reason it's so devastating and you feel so disappointed sometimes is because you see someone, yes, and all the things that are good are good, but you're you're in love with their potential. Mm-hmm. Like you put this person on a pedestal because you're trying to see like the best version of who they are, which I still think even as naive as it is, I think it's kind of a beautiful thing and I never want to lose that because the only reason you're doing that is because you can see that potential in them, but maybe they're not ready to meet their own potential, which is always going to disappoint you. But also like you're doing it from a place of like, I'm I'm looking at this person from my highest self. And like, that's the only plane I want to operate on. Like, I want to be yeah. my best self. And if that means like you call me on shit, whatever, that's partnership. Like, I want you to do it. That's real partnership. It's like, I want to operate from my highest self, and I want to see you as your highest self because I know that we can get there together. And, like, if you're not there, I can't bring you there. You have to come there in your own time. But I never want to not feel like that, even if it ends up disappointing me, because I want to operate on that plane with, like, someone who is, like, simpatico with me with that. Yeah, I mean, even now, like, in my uh,
0: relationship, like, even when I want, you know, like, I r- say, like, I want to hear what you have to say. You know, like, I to drink. I want to, yeah. You can do whatever you want. You can drink, can eat. Do you want some pizza? No, no, good. Could order one. Um, like, I, I will say something. Like, even a few. Like, I had a situation at work where I did not act like my highest self, and I felt. You feel like I felt pretty bad, and, um. I told Graham about it and I was like, and I did this, you know, and I sort of just like snapped, you know. I felt I just like there was anger and he was like, Yeah, like it's it. And, and I was like, moment. I'm gonna need you to just tell me that it was. That fine. It's okay. yeah. I was he's like, Yeah, but like you don't think it was okay, and right. like I'm not right. gonna tell you it was right. okay. I'm like, okay, I just like Preface next time that I just wanted you to want, co sign my like bullshit. Yes, of course, of course. But like, I'm so glad that he doesn't, you know, join but, me there and be like, no, you totally should have done that. That's and not that's real. right. Yeah, no, it was like,
1: and you know, like the beauty is, and you know, it's real when like someone can make you feel like, yeah, better, and also, but a, also call you on your shit, which is like, that's the thing. Like, oh my God, when someone, that's like when someone sees you and they know you, like you just feel like everything is okay in the world. And like to not be seen and to not be understood, is that's like, right. That's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the worst. That's the
0: worst. So when you're looking into the void of like, you know, the masses yeah. and you're sort of looking out there, it's like you can't be perceived. And you're so like trying, you know, yeah. I feel like everyone's attempting like on whatever scale, like to sort of be perceived in a certain way, but you'll never be perceived in the way like, n- cause you're not, you know? Yeah. You can, and you
1: have to just know, like, I don't know.
0: It's like sometimes when you meet like someone you really admire and they d- they're they like not. Never meet and your you're heroes. Like, no, you're just never like, meet your heroes. stay, yeah wendy williams wait, you met wendy williams yeah one on the wendy williams show why did i not know this (laughs) yeah it was on wendy williams then i went over to her her house for meatballs and cheesecake and she told me a weird comedy also not kosher you know
1: i don't think she's kosher
0: i know and she told me she's like yeah i never you just like can't get too close to the light like stay far away from the light but i think
1: caveat about like celebrities she was also in like negligence i think they become they start to inhabit like their own different planet you have so, to so i can't blame I guess, them like, because they just become like weird and like crazy but maybe not May- i don't know maybe. some
0: some probably you know do. what i mean
1: like they live in a different universe
0: yes some of them i feel like are wait so i have to oh, wait
1: i don't know if i should say this you can say it <laughs> this is totally a tangent but just speaking about celebrity like i don't give a shit about celebrities. But um, so but there happen to be two who I think are like the coolest. Like one who I think is the so who Elvis Costello lives in my building. They live somewhere else also, but they still have a place. Oh my leave. god! I feel Which, like you would be friends. with No, me. you don't understand. I'm so obsessed with him. Um,
0: I think he's just that's like, like me and Danny DeVito. Oh my god. I love him. I want to marry
1: him. I just want to oh go God. walk his- I just love Twins. It was like the best movie. I One want, of the best movies i It's ever the best of all time. And the time. fact that he's still married to Rhea Perlman of Cheers fame. He's a, a joy. Love Danny He's too. like a, he's gift a joy on the- He's like a he little- He also has
0: a dachshund that wears a little pink, or a little yellow dress. Of course he does. Have you ever seen the Freaking, pictures? I've seen the pictures. You need to like he's have like that a, come like up a, as like, like a- Like a, a hot
1: dog dog. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he just walks it. He's the- And how tall is he? Like four foot two.
1: perfect. He's perfect. They're both like low to the ground. He's beautiful. God, I would die.
0: I'm sorry. I'm just like envisioning Danny DeVito sitting where you are. Not that I don't love that you're here. but Girl,
1: aim high. Could you imagine?
0: That's the goal. We can make it happen. Let's go find him. We can find him. I'm going to hunt him down.
1: Yeah. So for the past couple of years, um, I've been working and I, I feel so like honored and like educated and blessed and lucky to have been even in this sphere because it's been like such a learning experience for me for someone and maybe they
0: feel the same Probably I I would say they probably feel the same
1: way like for someone who like never knew anything and never wanted to know anything about this world it's like now I know more than I ever fucking wanted to know but yeah so I've been working for the past couple of years with um this group that um the artist Nan Golden started called Pain um and um it's basically a group that she very like bravely started a few years ago um, after her own struggles in recovery and with addiction um, to take down Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family, who are the owners of Purdue Pharma, who basically, I was going to say some would say, but it's not even some would say anymore. It's not conjecture ignited the prescription opioid crisis in this country and we won't get into all the details but basically like you know false you know marketing their opioids in a way that like presented them as not being addictive and whatever and it it was a complete lie and like there was this whole cabal you know meant to like grow this business which they did make like stupid amounts of money off of um you know, and, like, the the nuance, the thing that, like, we always talk about is, like, the organization is not anti-opioid, which, like, a lot of people refer to it as that. It's not an opioid used in, like, a proper hospital, you know, medical setting. It's, it's an anti-pain thing. Like, people use fentanyl yeah. in hospitals, but, like— you know, you can't be buying it on the street corner, snorting it to get high. Like it needs to be administered by professionals. So this organization is not an anti-opioid organization. It's anti, you know, the, like this- The mass production. Entire entity, which basically like did all of this nefarious shit that you can't even believe that people do like for greed and it's like, you realize, like, the greed is just, like, you know, the limit does not exist. on In every area. Um, you know, it's deceptive marketing. It's also, like, proactively, you know, pushing these things out. And then when people started realizing that it was a problem, you know, they totally shifted the narrative and had this whole, you know, group of, like, publicists and consultants, including, like, McKinsey and all these people who, like, advise them on how to – do this in a better way to make more money and you're basically profiting off people's death you know and there were like doctors that were like being given kickbacks and all this stuff because you know they were selling more opioids and like over prescribing and then like all these like pharmacy chains were i mean the whole thing is just like insanity anyway the point is um she exposed them which is crazy um and went on this like mission to take them down, which is literally like a David and Goliath situation because, you know, she was this artist who is this artist who like is in the canon of American art, like one of the most important people and basically put her career on the line because it could have meant like the end for her. And she was also going up against like people who are really powerful and have like limitless funds and lawyers and anything um, and are capable of anything. Um, And coming from the art world, um, you know, her sort of M.O. was initially to try and get all these institutions, you know, it's like it's it's reputation washing. You know, they did all this bad shit, but their names are splattered all over every important cultural institution and museum in the world, not just in New York, in the world, Um, you know, and so that gives them sort of like a cred and a kind of like cover for doing what they do. Um, you know, and so she basically wanted to get all of these institutions to take down their names, to stop taking their money, which, you know, in this climate, everyone understands is so difficult because, you know, funding is so hard to come by for anyone, but especially for like cultural institutions, it's, it's like the lifeblood, like without those huge donors all over the walls, like they would not exist. Um, so it's a really touchy subject. Anyway, everyone who's been following this for the past couple of years knows, Um, if you don't know, read Patrick Radden Keefe's book. Um, if you don't know, go see All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, which is a movie that Laura Poitras made. And it's been nominated for an Oscar that details, um, our, like, whole campaign and Nan's life and work and how they all intersect. Um, it's in wide release now, so go see it. It was just released in the UK as well. Um, and it's really, like, I think for me who came to this, Um, Oh, well, anyway, so I should say like part of what we do is um, we do these direct actions, um, mostly in cultural institutions, but also whenever there was sort of like a bankruptcy hearing or anything like that where, you know, members of the Sackler family or Purdue Pharma were present, you know, protesting outside. We also partner with organizations like Housing Works and Vocal and, um, you know, trying to get like legislation passed and trying to talk to lawmakers and you know other harm reduction groups and you know make everyone understand that like to change this thing it's not just about taking down these nefarious actors which it is but it's also about changing the entire way that we look at and that society looks at you know addiction substance use disorder recovery Um, you know, it's, it's completely different and it's not, it's not a criminal concern. Mm -hmm. It's a public health concern. It's a mental health concern. Like all of these people are people who need help, who are like, just, you know, if you're happy, go lucky, you're not going to go start snorting heroin. That's just not the way it works. So if we go, if we go to the genesis of this thing, it's like people in trouble, people who need support services And unfortunately, like in America, that's just not the way it's looked at. Like we're throwing people in jail, which doesn't help anything. Recidivism is crazy. Like it's not working. And I think that, you know, even from people I know in my personal life who obviously applaud, you know, these like big gains that Nan has made and that the group has made, it's like even the awareness, which is much more basic, People call me all the time and, you know, we have this group chat where we talk about everything and it's so heartening to see like everybody, you know, participating and telling all of us like what the people in their orbit are saying. And like, you know, people have said things to me, people who know much more about this space mm-hmm. of like addiction and drugs and all this stuff than I ever did. Just like the awareness that she's brought and the changes that she's made. And it's, it's been amazing. So I think for me it was very much a way – to help me like, you know, somehow take something terrible and make it useful. And, you know, um, my ex didn't die of prescription opioids. You know, it was like a heroin overdose laced with fentanyl, which is like killing everybody and their mother now. But, you know, short of, you know, I couldn't go down, I couldn't go like track down the, you know, Mexican cartel who's cooking the fentanyl or the Chinese factory who's cooking the fentanyl or like the fucking dealer who's like selling the shit for $10 on a street corner in Bushwick. Like that was not available to me. So this felt like tangentially, but also like directly related to try and like do some good And to try to shed light on something that was related and to change something. And I think it did really help. And I think that, like, a lot of it was really painful because you get really granular about, you know, drugs and this topic that is still really scary to me. But, like, you have to turn it into something tangible and good. And so that's kind of what I've been working on on a personal level the past couple of years. And yeah, I mean it's been eye-opening. I think even just to be like in the orbit of something of someone like that, like she's incredible as someone who like, you know, has this like decades long art practice and is like, you know, dealing with that in her own recovery, but also trying to like make Mm -hmm. these monumental changes in the world. And then everybody who's in the group with us is like so amazing and smart and inspiring and has great ideas. And like it was just like a whole different I don't know. Yeah, I mean, me. I think
0: that also, like, even just hearing like that, the group, you know, it's like all of those people didn't come flying like from their, you know, amazing lives. Like they came into that yeah. from like something tragedy or yeah. like addiction or something really or adjacent. Yeah, like the a, de- a death of like someone yeah. close yeah. to them. So I feel like it's like one person sort of helps another person, and it's totally. like. Totally. It's making a change and, like, a ripple effect, you know? And, I mean, you are, like, like, from the beginning of this conversation, you know, just seeing sort of, like, you know, going through sort of, like, the list of the things, like, the, you know, Vogue and Valentino and this. And, like, you're so, like, the second we start talking about, you know, this is the stuff that, like, lights you up. You know, and I think that it just shows, like, how much that, like, superficial sort of – that's, like, so not what's going to – it's not it. You know, I think it's, like, people think that,
1: like – See, you're so, like, perceptive. You're so not 22-year-old Sarah Coleman that I turn my nose up at and I hate myself. (laughs) Don't. Well,
0: you know, the journey of <laughs> totally the self-loathing just
1: no, but I minimizes. Think I think you're so right, and I think that you know that, like when you when you ask yourself, like you know, it's funny. Like right now, I have less of a life plan than I ever had, which feels very disorienting because yeah. you think you're supposed to have it figured out. Like I was so much more on a linear path when I was in my twenties because I was like, I have to get this, then I have to get this job, then I have to move up and get this job, and I was like killing that shit. But now I'm just like, whoa, like I, it's like, you know, your ass gets handed to you. And I'm like, I don't know what the next five years. Looks no. like. But in a way, I feel OK, I'm much more than OK about it. I feel like it had to happen because I'm like, I don't know, discovering what I want. And as long as it's OK, I'm going to ride this wave for a while, you know, until it's not OK. And I think you're totally right. I mean, like that stuff had its moment. It served a purpose. It made me who I am. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, the education and like all of that, it's like amazing. and the experience and the people you've met. And like, you know, I don't know when you're like in your twenties and even in your early thirties, it's like, especially when you work in that kind of industry or you live in New York or I suppose LA or really anywhere. It's like, that's, that's like how you, you are coming up in the world. And it's like your currency. Then you're like hey. And you're like, like, okay, now I'll balance out. And it's like how you identify. yeah. And then you realize, like, I've had all the jobs. Like, I've had all the titles. I did all the things. I bought all the shoes. I went to all the parties. Like, it's anything beyond that now is, like, it's dessert. And it's not going to change. It's not going to change you. Like, this is the kind of stuff that, like, for now, like, lights you up and changes you. And who knows? Like, you know, it'll, I don't know, parlay itself into something else. Who knows? But, yeah, it's... It's growth and like you're a different person and you're you're acting on different impulses. And you know, I don't think like unless you're, you know, curing cancer or AIDS or whatever, like most of us are not gonna change the world in those ways. But like yeah. we can we can make changes in small ways. And I don't mean to sound like Pollyanna about this, but it really is true because What you realize, like whether it's good or bad, you look at the world and like the shit is happening out there with or without you. Like you're not gonna stop the tide, just like I couldn't stop something that was happening. All you can do is like you have to start locally. Like you start inward with yourself, with your little circle. You do the things, you do good things. And the hope is that that kind of stuff reverberates outward. Like into those bigger rings and those bigger circles, and ultimately like out into the world. Because if you start from here and you want to change something in the world, you're always going to be disappointed because you yeah. don't have that kind of power. I mean, I've been there, and it's like yeah. it
0: leads you to like despondency. Um, yeah, it's and it's just like, like, like
1: yeah. trying to control everything, like trying to control someone, like feeling some way about you, trying to control a situation, like trying to control, I didn't get this job. You can't control it. And it's the hardest thing to do to accept that, like acceptance is so hard that like, I'm not like everyone has to be proactive. I'm not saying kick back and wait for things to happen to you. But if it's supposed to find you, it's going to find you. It's like, think about like right now, you're in a relationship that feels really good and healthy. And I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm sure you're going to have things to work on. But you don't feel like you're constantly squeezing it to make it work. No, I mean, Versus it's like, like doesn't well, even. Like, but when you're trying yeah, to like, yeah, yeah. squeeze it and you're like angsty, like, why is this? Why is it? You're like twisting and turning. And it is. It's like that square peg round like, hole. It's oh, not my. fucking happening. Oh, my.
0: The square peg round hole. Stop trying to make hole. fetch happen. No. I mean, literally, like it is. And you're always talking about it. You're always thinking about it. Like, Oh, my God. You didn't need-
1: I'm tired of myself. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And then when
0: you like are actually happy, you don't, you're not like-
1: It just feels so much lighter. And you're like, oh, this is how it's supposed mm -hmm. to be. Like it's just supposed to be like that. You know, like you hit an impasse with someone who you're in a relationship with. They don't like cut and run at the first sign of something being bad. They're like, okay, let's work on this together because I'm invested in you and you're invested in me. And I want you to overcome this thing. So like, I'm not gonna like judge you for this mild, like- whatever in your experience right now, like we're going to work on it together. And that's healthy. Like, I think a lot of people come to something, which I have noticed at least now, like now that I'm in like, you know, part B of this is like a lot of people, I think, and it's true, like as you get older, <laughs> everyone's gone through situations and you've had bad things happen. And human nature is you want to protect yourself from ebbs more bad things happening. And so a lot of people I found have like they want to live in this world that is like a like like this comforter it's like everything's like puffy and cloudy and soft around them like a charmin box sorry my life yeah and they don't want any edges like they don't want any edges but real life happens like all the goodness happens in the edges like you have to be open to that and it like i get it trying to like you know protect yourself from anything that like feels like it's triggering a past bad yeah. experience. But you have to be able to discern between something that is actually going to happen to you that is bad and something that you perceive as perhaps like – Uncomfortable maybe. Making you uncomfortable because it's happened before. And like again, that's just the work. You can't force someone to get there before they're going to get there. No. I feel like – Namaste. No, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, it's, I feel like we really, we went full circle. Yeah, Maybe I'll just. Also, I just want to say something. And again, I hope that I don't sound like in any way condescending. I'm a, like, I really think about you a lot. Obviously, we're also neighbors. I'm so, so, so like proud of you as a friend, as like me looking at you as like Jewish mother. Like I have a lot of like nachas which is like pride in you you. like i just you're you're like you have been becoming and you are becoming this like incredible person that i feel like now like 10 years after i met you like have things to learn from you like i'm so proud of you thank you and i really mean that thank you like you are like us you is kind (laughs) no you're like a really strong person who like keeps like you keep busting through ceilings and like trying new things you're just like let me throw this against the wall see if it happens and like fuck yeah girl do you feel good did it make
0: you feel good yeah good yeah i think it's like i mean this yeah this is fun totally fun right Mm -hmm. was it fun for you having (laughs) people come into you're like come step into my (laughs) step into my lair who didn't ever want to talk on a microphone i mean i'm not a God. singer so i never really had no i never wanted to talk I, but on i thought that this was here i know because i feel
1: like you and i talk about this all the time yeah maybe we're not as like articulate in our regular oh, you just but...
0: you lose yourself in
1: here yeah because <laughs> we're like in this um room. well thank you for um, coming thank you for having me it was an honor just i can't wait till me. part two. <gasps> We have so much. As you can see, sorry, we just go on. So. Don't apologize. There might have to be a part two. There
0: will be. Okay. okay. Thank you. Happy I love Friday, you. y'all.